Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into another FizzCast, ladies and gentlemen. After a week off, we are back here on the Orange Fizz FizzCast preview. Alongside Ian Unsworth, I'm John Eads. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at OrangeFizz and online at OrangeFizz.net. A lot of good content, a lot of, a lot of good articles as football season winds down and basketball season is ever so close. This week, Syracuse, the football team, taking on Louisville, 2-6 uh, and six on the season. And after a week off, uh, Syracuse coming in, looking to get their second win of the year. This is one of three opportunities they have as the season winds down. But, Ian, Cardinals are very heavy favorites for this game on Friday night. Yeah, Cardinals favored by 18, and that's a line I might question as we get deeper into this Louisville team. Some key pieces that the Cardinals are missing. However, let's, let's go over this game information before we get too, too, too headlong into things. 7 p.m. kick, may, might be 7.30, depending on what ESPN decides to do with the pre-programming, yada, yada, yada. It is in Kentucky at Cardinals Stadium. Uh, Louisville's looking for its third win of the year. They're two and six and a, not a great, not a great start to the year for Louisville, a win against Western Kentucky, and then a ton of ACC losses. John, give us our fizz fact to it. I, I feel like I'm already diving into Louisville here. Let's, let's, let's put the brakes on it a little bit. Let's hit the fizz fact to it before we dive in. Sure. We'll get into Vegas. We'll get into all of that, but let's start it off with the trivia and then I'll give you one of three factoids. So the trivia who leads Louisville in all-time rushing? You guys can comment uh, if you're listening down in the Twitter, down below. We'll give you that answer at the end of the show. And uh, we'll give you one fizz factoid. What is Jacoby and Morgan's middle name? Ooh, that, that's an interesting one. I believe, I believe it might just be a place in Canada. Yes, John? Yeah, Montreal. And it's kind of funny that that was it because there was a recurring theme mentioned Dino's uh, – Oh, well, it was a big thing touched on at Dino's press conference was his, you know, history with Canada and uh, how the fact that the Syracuse football team is made up of a lot of Canadian prospects. So kind of interesting that a guy from Mississippi in Jacoby and Morgan's middle name is Montreal. You don't see that every day. It's kind of fancy, but hey, Montreal Morgan uh, has an opportunity to really cement himself as a starting quarterback, a f- first freshman to start for Syracuse since Eric Dungey. And he's earned, he's by far earned this spot. Rex Culpepper is listed as second on the depth chart. I don't really buy too much into the depth chart, but Rex Culpepper is apparently healthy, good to go. But I really think Dino's injury uh, injury attribution to Culpepper was just the excuse to get him off the field. There's no reason that Rex Culpepper should have been playing. Dino stuck with him for so long that he had to figure it out somehow. How do I get Rex off the field? Let's give him an injury. He can sit. <laughs> People won't be mad about it regardless. Morgan came in for Culpepper late in the fourth quarter against Wake Forest back on Halloween, and really the rest is history. It's now, it, it now seems to be Morgan's job, uh, unless I guess he plays his way out of it. But from what we've seen so far, uh, I think this is his, his job for the rest of the season and potentially next year. He's going to battle with DeVito and Culpepper if he decides to come back. He certainly looked more comfortable than DeVito in the pocket. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think he has the ability, unlike maybe some of the other Syracuse quarterbacks, to roll out. He, he's very confident. He likes to roll out left, roll out right. He likes to throw across his body. 
he just brings some different things to the table that is, one, exciting to watch, and two, just kind of makes this offense work. Yeah, and speaking of the offense working, let's hope that a healthy Sean Tucker is back in the orange backfield. Yeah, he keeps getting nicked up. It seems like every single game he's picking up a knock, leaving second quarter, third quarter, and it's the Cooper Lutz, Markenzie Pierre show by the end of the fourth, either because Syracuse is just getting routed or because Tucker's injured. So hopefully he healed up during the bye week and is fully good to go. He's listed on the depth chart. So if that is in any indication, let's hope it's a positive sign and that Sean Tucker is you know, at 100% full strength this Friday. And on that note, Ian, we have to remember, you know, he, he's a freshman coming in. I'm sure he wasn't prepared to play the amount of, you know, the, the amount of time he is right now. I mean, Jarvion Howard, Abdul Adams, Markenzie Pierre, Jawar Jordan, they were going to be the running backs coming into the season before we knew about all this opt-out business. But here he is. He's the guy uh, midway through the season, towards the end of the season. And we got to remember, you know, he is just a freshman. His body is not used to the amount of, uh, you know, physicality he's facing at the collegiate level. He's getting 10 to 15 carries a game. I mean, that's definitely going to take a toll on you at some point. But he came back last week against um, – uh, we had the bye week, and then you know, I've already Boston forgotten. College. Boston, Boston College, College, right. Boston College. He came back against Boston College, seems like forever ago. Uh, 11 carries, 52 yards, so respectful performance. But at, like you said, Ian, Syracuse is definitely going to need him going forward, and especially against Louisville on Friday. And Louisville, on the other hand, is missing their top two running backs. Javion Hawkins actually declared for the draft uh, earlier this week. I believe it was on Monday. And I was su extremely surprised. Yeah. Why declare for the draft against the worst well, – I, I don't know about – I don't know if this is correct statistically, but just off the eye test, the worst run defense in the ACC. Uh, you are literally giving up a free 100-yard game mm -hmm. and at least a touchdown. If you saw what Kenneth Murray did two weeks ago, what uh, the BC backs were able to do last week, like Javion Hawkins should have been licking his lips. Kenneth Walker, that is. Kenneth Walker, excuse yes. me. Kenneth Murray was the Oklahoma backer. Yes. yes. Ah. But, uh, no, like you said, great point. Uh, very unexpected. You know, this was kind of just something where I was scrolling through Twitter, and I see this, and I'm like, huh. That's weird. And then I actually look up his Twitter profile, and sure enough, there it is. He's opting out to claim for the draft. And, you know, it might just be because Louisville's 2-6 and six on the year, and this was a team that a lot of people expected to be competing for one of the top four spots in the ACC. And, you know, they lost to Miami, and then from there, things kind of just went downhill. So maybe he's just done. You know, he's ready to go. He's ready to try, the, try his hand in the NFL. Um, and I, I certainly – you know, he's, kind of, he's not really built like a traditional running back. You know, he's smaller, but he's bulkier. He's shifty. Uh, he brings a lot to the table, and Louisville's definitely going to miss him uh, the rest of the season, especially against Syracuse, like you said. And um, they got some more injury problems as well, don't they? Yeah, Hassan Hall, the backup back, missed the last three games due to injury. So Louisville is looking at starting a third stringer uh, this, this Friday. It's going to be real interesting. I think they rely on Malik Cunningham a lot more in the run game than we've previously seen because the last time Syracuse had to contain a running quarterback, uh, Malik Hall did not go that well. The name on Louisville's third string running back, Maurice Berkeley, 31 career carries, 23 this year for 124 yards at a 5.4 yard average, one touchdown. His longest run is 41 yards. However, I don't think Syracuse was expecting anything from Maurice Berkeley coming into this week. It is, does that change the game plan at all? I don't think so. Obviously, 
obviously not having Hawkins is a big deal. And, you know, Tony White, I'm sure, was prepared to have to deal with Hawkins. Just, you know, they had the bye week, right? So Hawkins just opted out. So during the bye week, they're preparing to have to play him, right? So I don't think it changes now because, you know, every team has a running back, so you got to be prepared to stop the run. The real problem now is going to be can you contain Malik Cunningham because he played against the Virginia defense last week that's really respectable under Bronco Mendenhall there, the head coach. And Cunningham led the team in rushing, and he, you know, it wasn't like a 50, 60-yard performance. He had 20 carries for 197 yards and two scores. That, that's, you know, that's a Hawkins-type stat line right there, and he's a quarterback. Well, Jeets, speaking of Malik Cunningham, keep in mind he changed his name. Well, his middle name is Malik. His first name is Mikhail. If you don't know who we're talking about, that's probably why. His okay. Last year he went by Mikhail Cunningham. This year he's Malik Cunningham. It's a little confusing. It took me a long time to figure out. But no matter what he is called, he had a – dynamic day last year against Syracuse he threw for a career high five touchdowns and ran for another and his two best receivers from that game last year are back as well Tutu Atwell Des Kirkpatrick both dudes that can get up and down the field so easily and I'm not sure I put a ton of stock into last year's game just because we run a different defensive scheme and especially this year they're not going to have Hawkins so I think that definitely takes a big dimension out of their off, you know, explosive offense. But you mentioned, I mean, Tutu Atwell, it, like Dino went on and on about him for a minute in his presser this week. He's small, he's shifty, he's hard to bring down. Uh, you, he could score from anywhere on the field at any time. Then Des Fitzpatrick is kind of your outside receiving threat. 27 catches, 514 yards, two touchdowns on the year, but about 20 yards per catch. So he's your downfield threat. Uh, thing on Atwell, though, just before we continue, he did not play against Virginia last week. So his, uh, his status is unknown at this point. We'll keep you updated on that. On Orange Fizz, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Atwell did gash the Orange last year. Though. Remember that 90-yard bomb? Dude, this, mm-hmm. this speed of Atwell is insane. He gets up and down the field extremely quickly. That, that's just something that there's no way this Syracuse defensive backfield, especially because it's four freshmen you got to keep in mind it's four freshmen. There's no way Syracuse is going to be able to contain these receivers for a full four quarters. It's going to have to be one of those you plug the running game as best as possible, and then you just hope, hope the back end holds up. I was kind of writing about this matchup, you know, previewing it, and I know Syracuse has played a lot of explosive offenses this season, but I'm not sure that they faced a guy like a 2-2 Atwell, a guy that runs a sub 4-5-40, a 10-8-4 out of high school. I mean, can you name another receiver that they've faced this year that kind of, you know, embodies his skill set? I don't think so. I, I would say the best receivers they've faced so far have been in the opener. Deami Brown and Daz Newsom are two uh-huh. absolutely amazing players to watch, but neither of those dudes are straight burners. Atwell right. is a demon on the outside, speed demon. But if you could shut him down, uh, that, that's, I'm sure that's what Tony White's going to be looked to doing. He, he's such a big part of their offense. If you can just have a guy on him, maybe even two, if you can just shut down that dimension of Louisville, you're going to give yourself a great chance on Friday. Uh, and one other guy that they like to use, Marshawn Ford, a tight end, former walk-on, kind of a great story, uh, 21 catches, five touchdowns on the year. So another guy you might hear of. Uh, tell me about some of the guys on Louisville's defense. Well, Louisville's defense has kind of been the issue. They've given up over 30 points and four out of the Cardinals' six losses. The other two were a 12-7 to clunker of a game against Notre Dame and a close one to Pitt 
back when the Panthers were still ranked and still nationally relevant. But in terms of the Louisville defense, it starts with the linebackers. C.J. Avery leads the team in tackles, 58. And the other one, Monty Montgomery, leads the team in sacks with four. So it's a team that does a lot of blitzing. They mix it up a lot, but the linebackers are quick, and they run from gap to gap, sideline to sideline. And it's also a very disciplined defense. But the thing about them, they don't force many turnovers. I was kind of looking for headliners here. Who leads the team in interceptions? Who leads the team in passes defended? I mean, Keetrell Clark does, the corner with seven. But uh, I think five or six guys are tied for one interception on the year. So it's not really a secondary that's ball hawking like Syracuse is considered to be in the past and perhaps this year. Uh, so that's something to look out for as well. And I would say Louisville and Boston call, I'd put them on pretty equal planes, BC and Louisville secondaries. Jacoby and Morgan, while he didn't have the greatest day in the world, he didn't force anything besides that one pick late in the game. I wouldn't, was, yeah, yeah. It, it just served as a punt. It was right. really just a punt. So I, I am very confident in Jacoby and Morgan's ability to come in against this Louisville secondary and complete passes, move the ball down the field, and not turn the ball over because – as you said, these corners are not ball hawks. They are not, uh, you know, special NFL caliber talents just yet. So Jacoby Morgan has the potential to have himself a solid day, throw for 250 yards maybe. And that's the thing. I mean, like you said, they had a 12-7 to game against Notre Dame. They've really just been hot and cold, super inconsistent. So I don't really know what to expect. And perhaps if Louisville's struggling on offense, they're really going to need their defense to play well. Uh, and Syracuse could certainly gain the upper hand in that. Uh, let's, you know, let's move on to our predictions here. Ian, you kind of talked about what you're going to be looking for from Jacoby. And what do you, how do you think this game turns out? What do you think the score will be? And, uh, you know, in terms of the betting lines, what do you think? Ooh, well, I, I still think Louisville takes this one. The wide receivers are too good. Fitzpatrick, Atwell, too good. And Cunningham is experienced and it doesn't matter that Tony White is the new defensive coordinator. He faced all the same players last year when he played Syracuse and he dominated, right? The scheme might be different, but at, at the end of the day, talent wins out. Are you agreeing with me there? Talent wins out. So I'm taking Louisville, but I think it's going to be a struggle offensively for both sides, just because Hawkins is gone, right? And the backup Hassan Hall is not playing. It's going to be a struggle for both sides to move the ball because, you know, the running games are going to be non-existent unless Sean Tucker really gets it going this week. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a couple of big strikes on both sides. Nikeem Johnson might hit a big one. Atwell will certainly hit a big one. Fitzpatrick might hit a, you know, catch a long ball that makes a, you know, big momentum shift. I'm taking Louisville 28 to 17. It's going to be a sort of, it's going to be a rough one. And then I think it really opens up in the fourth quarter, but Syracuse covers though. That's, that's, you know, something I would never have said three weeks ago, but Syracuse covers on this Friday. The, the orange four and four this year against the spread. And it started at 18, Syracuse, uh, the under 18-point underdog, and it's drifted down to 17 and a half, the most recent one I looked at. And it's still early. It's, you know, it's Tuesday. These things change by the day. So we'll see. I'm just surprised at how hefty this line is. I mean, especially without JV and Hawkins, you'd feel like this is a no-brainer. You bring this down to about 11 and a half, 12, and, you know, Vegas is sitting pretty there. I mean, Syracuse was a 14-point underdog against Boston College, and – I mean, Vegas We're was just wrong, yeah. very wrong there. Very wrong. And the ESPN FPI is a joke, we'll say, but it gives Syracuse a 16% chance to win. Don't really buy any stock into that. Just kind of putting in a sentence here. Um, as for my prediction, 
Louisville's won by double digits as the favorite in every game in this series since 2015. So every time they've been favored by double digits, they've won by double digits as the favorite. Um, and I think that remains the case this year. Obviously, we got to wait and see on Tutu Atwell if he's going to play or not. So my fifth prediction officially on Friday could change from today. But right now, kind of similar to what Ian's saying, I'm thinking this game turns out to be a 31 to 20 type of game. I think Syracuse finds a little bit of success moving the ball. I think this is the game finally where Nikeem Johnson returns a ball either for a touchdown or puts Syracuse in very in a very good spot. Uh, the Cardinals only have a 30% touchback rate, which is not good in case you were wondering. Uh, they also have a negative 12 turnover margin. So I think the Orange forced some turnovers defensively, but ultimately Malik Cunningham, Des Fitzpatrick, and maybe Tutu Atwell are just a little bit too much for this Orange defense. But again, like Ian said, they cover. So, you know, it's a respectful performance, and I'm excited to see Jacoby and Morgan continue to grow in the Syracuse offense. Yeah, John, I think we're, we're obviously on the same page. We both have Louisville winning by 11 points. And in terms of the over-under, 56 and a half, if my math is correct, which it is, we're both taking the under, which is definitely a smart play, seeing that the game is going to be on a Friday night, just a bit less preparation time for the Cardinals. And also, uh, Syracuse has not played yet in a night game this year. So yeah. unforeseen circumstances for the Orange. And, you know, I could also see Syracuse – you know, beating all odds coming out winning this game. Coming off a bye week on a Friday night, Louisville, uh, you know, a short week for them. They played against Virginia this past week and injury concerns, questions. I could definitely see Syracuse pulling this one out. But either way, I am definitely putting some money down uh, on this line if it continues to sit at 16, 17, 18 points. I'm that confident in Dino Babers in the orange. Uh, the bye week thing, let's just hold our horses on that because remember, Syracuse beat Georgia Tech, came out right. after a bye and looked absolutely terrible at home against the Duke Blue Devils. So I'm not sure if I'm putting all the stock in the world on Syracuse having an extra week to prepare. However, I'm with you. I'll put my money on Syracuse to cover a plus 17 and a half point spread. And I, on, you know, on, on, in opposition to that, I wouldn't say that Louisville presents the same kind of challenge with the run game that Duke did, but we shall see. I get you really never know with this defense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hot or cold. It's yin or yang. It's either the run or it's the pass. And with four freshmen in the secondary, anything can happen. <laughs> yin or yang. You heard it first. Uh, okay. So back to the Fizz trivia to wrap it up here. Do you have a, a guess for who leads Louisville in all-time rushing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an interesting one here. Lamar Jackson. That is correct, sir. Oh, let's go. Isn't that I was, That was a complete guess. That was a, a complete guess. A quarterback. Guess. <laughs> I mean, you you really can't go wrong. If someone were to ask you who is X, who is Y in the Louisville record book, at least on the offensive side of the ball, you really can't go wrong guessing Lamar Jackson anytime. But it's just kind of crazy. He's the quarterback, and he's leading the team, leading the school in career rushing yards. I thought it was going to be some running back from the 60s that I had never heard of before. Sure. However, I'm happy I got it right. <laughs> And uh, I'll give you one more fizz factoid here just to, you know, drop the mic. Against what team has a Dino Babers team ever, in every Dino Babers coach team, scored the most points in a quarter, and how many points was it? You want to you, – take it home, Josh. Take you it can't home. really guess about this, so I'll just give take you it home, Take it home. Take so it home. So it was the last time uh, – it, it was 2018 when Syracuse played Louisville. Not the last time because 2018. Uh, Syracuse scored, scored 30 points in the second quarter of that game. So they could certainly use that, you know, same kind of stat line on Friday. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, 
I don't know if it's happening, but we can cross our fingers and, you know, pray to the high heavens. If it does, I'm sure the Jacoby and Morgan hype train is uh, choo-chooing a little bit more. It's off to the races. <laughs> At this point, yeah. But uh, that's it for Ian Unsworth. I'm John Eads. Thank you guys very much for listening. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at OrangeFizz and check out our Fizz predictions. They might change by Friday. And check out all of our other preview content at orangefizz.net online. But once again, for Ian Unsworth, I'm John Eads. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time. Go Orange. <laughs>